Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternatives. Yeah, shine your light. Smile, sweet freedom. Yep. Welcome to yet another edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Today's topic is very interesting, somewhat advanced, but those of you that have been regular listeners and supporters and members and people who have taken my advice and gotten themselves charted as requested, are going to enjoy today's topic. I believe almost the first, well, close to a first time topic on the Astrology Hour. It's called Transit Diaries. And along those lines of people looking for scientific proof or trying to prove or figure out the reason why and how astrology works, it's not magical, it's it's not anything that's going to be proven overnight. Sometimes it takes some study and examination. But if you do take the time, spend the time, take a look at your chart and how it's being affected, you too can prove that astrology does definitely work. Like Jim Dulce, you'll become one of those astrologically conscious people. The famous Pisces rising Gemini moon, no, Gemini rising Pisces moon Aquarius sun program director who helped me get on the air today because I was rushing through traffic. Okay, we're doing some Sabian symbols today, which means if you want to know what your degree of rising means, give us a call. If you have a question, if you want me to take a look at your planet, if you're not a supporter of the Astrology Hour, you get one free call. I, I actually suggest you take advantage of that. All right, let's talk about transit diaries. You know, I think that part of this show and part of my purpose is to actually help people understand their lives help give them an edge, because this is a very competitive world, whether we like to admit it or not. If we live in the city and participate in the social structure of this country and pay taxes and such and try to pay mortgages and insurance and earn a living, it is important to have an edge. It's it's not funny or it's not an accident that many thousands, now millions of people are seeking out astrological assistance to help them understand energy patterns and cycles that affect your life. Now, I prefer to ask my people, my clients, and my friends, and my listeners to create transit diaries. Now, a transit diary is very simple to do. It's very simple to to create. Frankly, if you wanted to do a transit diary on me this last couple of weeks, right, I could actually uh, look at the dates, for example, uh, of this month. On the 7th, I had threw a rod in my boat, which cost me $3,000. And (laughs) I think on the 8th, I got a root canal which cost me another $790. And I went on a trip to St. Louis over the weekend, 13th, 14th, and 15th. And you see, what you do is you actually keep track of major events in your life, meeting people, new possible friends, business deals. And at a later time, you can always go back and look to see what was in your chart on that day. For example, if you notice, you will notice uh, nine times out of ten, folks, that when bills come in the mail, or when you get a bill or when an expense crops up like dental or medical or insurance or something concerning perhaps a breakdown of your car 
or some home problem. In the material world is funny because in the technological world that we live in, this world requires maintenance and it costs money to maintain this stuff, right? So just by watching the transits to your Venus, particularly like my Venus has been getting whacked, something fierce, with Saturn and Capricorn opposing it, and now Venus and Cancer on top of it, and then Uranus and Capricorn opposing it, and then all the moon transits, the moon went into Cancer today, also opposing it, and I made out a check for my boat for over $1,000 and my dentist for 200 You notice that bills and expenses crop up when you have hard transits to your Venus. But you learn about your transits to your Venus. For example, you can look on your transit forecast, and whenever you see a paragraph that on the left side in the column on the left, it says SQR Venus or OPP Venus. That means you're having a square or an opposition to your Venus. That can show expenses and bills. And also, because Venus rules the female factor in our lives, it could also show problems or needed corrections with women or female people in our lives or female relationships. So I like keeping transit diaries because transit diaries definitely validate the astrological cycle. I like Carl Sagan to keep a transit diary or Ted Koppel. I don't know if they could do that. But anyway, on the same token, thank goodness it's not all a one-way street, right? Because when you do find out that money comes in, I did notice that I am having a Mars trine Uranus and a Mars trine Venus this week and sometimes a week before that transit when you get trines to your Venus. See, trines and sextals help bring money in and manifest money. A lot of you people out there looking for money and calling me up because you're broke or unemployed, you're all going through trines to your Venus at least twice a month from the moon alone. The moon will trine your Venus at least twice a month and sextal your Venus twice a month. So you see why so many people are in business. They choose to be in business because these trines and sextals to their Venus will manifest in good sales days or higher income. And those of you that are astrologically inclined, when you go through periods and you note in your chart today, there is a trine to your Venus from the moon or from Mars or or Venus itself or Jupiter or a long one, like from Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, which can bring a whole wall of income to you. See, like those of you having trines to your Venus from the outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto can be shown windfalls or lotto winnings or inheritances or whatever, sales of real estate. But see, even if you're unemployed, if you sit around like a bump on a log, and if you don't do anything with your life, if you don't go out there and try to manifest some power in your life, then these transits will go unfounded, you know, and the bills will still keep coming. When in your transit diary, you will note that you have these bills and expenses and rent crop up especially during squares and oppositions to your Venus, but the trines and sextals won't manifest because you're not doing anything to make money. Can you imagine some people call me up and they're going through a Pluto trine Venus and they're unemployed, and I'll sit there and go, wow, you know, just because you're having a Pluto trine Venus doesn't mean that God's supposed to open the window of heaven and hand you money. You know, it's just shown that you are shown making money, which means if you went out there and hustled, then you might make a bit more money than normal. It's funny, Magic Johnson in his chart last night was having a... uh, A Gemini moon square his Venus and Mars, and the Lakers almost lost that game to the Jazz. And I think everybody was nervous. You wonder what was in Kareem's chart. I keep saying, don't pass the ball to Kareem. They keep keying on Kareem. Pass the ball to somebody else. Like, you know, there's James Worthy, and there's Byron, and there's AC, or Michael. These guys can hit. They can shoot. For so long, whenever Kareem gets the ball, he gets swarmed on like bees. If you, I want to tell you something. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I love the guy, but you got to remember he's 41. You know what that means? He's having a Neptune square Neptune and a Pluto square Pluto. The guy is in the middle 
of a midlife crisis transit. Pat Riley, don't pass Kareem the ball. Let him play defense and rebounds. Use him as a secondary. And let's get some of these guys having Jupiter returns, like Byron Scott and, and Michael Thompson. These Get these guys in the game, you know. Astrologically, we should be able to use astrology in Los Angeles. In critical moments, they keep passing to Kareem. He keeps missing. He keeps missing. I'm sweating like a dog, right? But, you know, you can see astrology really does work, especially in sports. <laughs> Sometimes I know the outcome of the game before it starts. It gives me the chill. But uh, at the same time, the Transit Diary faction is a lot of fun. I like to use these Transit Diaries, especially when you're figuring such basic things, like where the money's coming, where the money's going, where the relationships are coming, and where the relationships are going. See, because a lot of times you can follow squares to your Venus and, and oppositions to your Venus as a signal that would manifest bills, expenses, and spending money, or impulsive shopping, or problems with women, love, sexual dysfunctions, or uh, possibly lack of it, even void of it, okay? Because a lot of you out there may be having long squares or oppositions to your Venus, which could be a lonely transit where you're not even in the mood to have a relationship. On the same time, if you're having trines to your Venus or Mars, or sextiles to your Venus or Mars, you might write down, well, I met a man, if you're a woman or a gay man, you might meet a certain somebody on a particular day and then look back in the calendar on the news for what I reported that day, because a lot of people do record the news from each show, and that way you have a daily ephemeris on tape right at the beginning of each show, right? So you know where the planets are. And somebody might say, well, yeah, I do have Mars in Gemini late, and Farley announced Mars in Aquarius late, which means I'm having a Mars trine Mars, and I did meet a wonderful man yesterday. Aha! So we do find that trines to the Mars and sextiles to the Mars from transiting planets and trines to the Venus and sextiles to the Venus from transiting planets will bring us new, positive, sometimes powerful relationships. And So you want to get these new relationships in under the belt here and get them fired up and going before the moon wobble starts in about a week. Because I don't want you to be too disappointed. People are sitting there going, I want to wait and get to know you and stuff. And then you wait and get to know that person during the moon wobble, then major disappointments crop up. So sometimes it's even almost better to jump into something before the moon wobble to get a better result. And the moon wobble, in, in fact, if you let me give you an exact date, when that will begin, so you will be able to write it down, okay? And that way, you will know. The moon wobbles when the sun will square the north node of the moon in Pisces at 19 degrees. Moon wobble begins Sunday, the 22nd, all right? So we're not quite into it yet, which means you want to get all those big projects off the ground before this Sunday, the 22nd, because that's when the moon wobble begins. See, But anyway, besides the moon wobble, keeping a transit diary can be fun, especially if you're married or in a commitment, right? Because then you may have squares or oppositions to your Mars as a woman, a heterosexual woman or a gay man, squares or oppositions to your Venus as a heterosexual man or a gay woman, and this would show a disruption or emotional changes or sometimes arguments or uneasiness or actually sometimes not the best time to have sex with your partner because many times karmically, karma happens. Karmic experiences, sometimes pain or imbalance occurs. That's why in these transit diaries are fun, because even if you don't have a book handy to find out where the planets are, you write down on your calendar, what happened today? Okay, I had an argument with Betty, or I got a root canal. (laughs) You know some of these transits, and you start to feel the pulse of how the universe affects your chart and impels you into certain situations, sometimes compels you to make major choices that affect your life, and that way you can help figure out your life and receive and feel the power of astrology. See, astrology is a fun thing to get involved in. I love President Reagan for what he said yesterday. I saw an interview 
and he talked about how some astrologers warned him that he, he was going to be shot. And I kind of tend to think, I'm not waving my flag here, but I was one of those people that sent President Reagan a letter as inauguration warned him of an immediate security risk in March and April. So I'm sure that that might have possibly compelled them to seek further advice, although albeit from other astrologers, after he was shot. I'm sure more than one person warned him because we were able to see a crisis in his life at that time. And in a news conference yesterday, he did comment that after the assassination of Nancy, what did become a lot more active in seeking astrological and psychic uh, correspondence and advice as far as trying to protect the president more because uh, he was warned the first time by astrologers and then asked if President Reagan believed in astrology. He said he was interested in it, and he also said that there's a lot to it to understand. So he didn't really, he kind of left himself noncommittal, but he didn't really put astrology down. So no matter what I've thought about the president, uh, his Aquarian vibration, which rules astrology, isn't it funny that a president should be an Aquarius like Reagan, which rules the Aquarian vibration, even though our taxes are so high, at least the guy might have done something karmically for his own better to absolve some of that karma by promoting a, a wonderful new age consciousness like astrology consciousness. So if it's good enough for the president, it's good enough for you, right? Yeah, go for it. Now, these transit diaries are fun, but they're also interesting. Sometimes they can be a little freaky because you mark down things that are really heavy that happen in your life, sometimes like major surgery, God forbid, or an accident, a death in the family. Okay, and you might find different kind of effects happening in your chart, like a death in the family could be during a Pluto transit, when either Pluto in the sky will be square or opposition, a major planet in your chart, sometimes a family planet like the sun or the moon or your fifth house lord, or the Pluto in your chart will be squared by itself or another planet. Sometimes that could bring on a transformation or transition because of a death in the family. Sometimes a transit to Uranus or Neptune or vice versa can create accidents or health conditions. Like a lot of you having your midlife crisis transit, the Neptune square Neptune, you start to feel your body become more brittle, your teeth, your bones. That's why it's it's important for us pushing 40 to get into exercise and more holistic lifestyles, in my opinion, and to uh, protect your temple of your soul, get rid of the drugs and alcohol and the salt, the sugar and the caffeine and such, because the older you get, the more you got to take care of yourself. And Neptune square Neptune can create disease if if you're not up to being more conscious of your own health and protecting it. See, so, so keeping transit diaries are very powerful in helping to validate and prove how astrology works. I don't expect some of these astronomers that are out there waving their flags ready to put down astrology and ready to give you proof that it doesn't work, right? Like, I wonder if any one of these guys ever kept this one single solitary transit diary and compared it with their own personal transits to see, in fact, if they were having a heavy transit. Now, also, if you want information to learn more about transits, you can pick up a book at the Spectrum or the Bodhi Tree that is called Planets in Transit. I think it's by Pelletier uh, or Hand, one or the other. But it's called Planets in Transit. It is an excellent book to understand most of the vital transits. If you want to get hardcore, there's a book called Transit Simplified. Woo, this is not for the squeamish either, by Sequoian and Acker. And that one really blows your mind. A little negative in its approach, but at least they don't pull any punches revealing uh, potential transit effects. They'll let you know about your midlife crisis in there for sure. And uh, also, any books actually involved in tropical transits will be very powerful. I do suggest you pick up Jim Maynard's Celestial Influences for 1988, the astrology calendar, where it has an ephemeris for each month 
that is very easy to learn how to read because it has all the symbols there in the calendar there. And it's like a basic course in astrology, frankly, for I believe the cost of that is five ninety five at the Bodhi Tree. And then you can follow the void course moons and the moon changing signs and the full moons and the new moons and the planetary movements and all that and the visible planets. So you can really get into this stuff hardcore. I do find that astrology does work. I have proved it works in my own personal transit diaries. When I went to astrology school, what they taught us to do was that they gave us a plastic cover that we put over our charts, and every day we took a magic marker, a little felt pen, and we put the planets in, and we wrote a little diary on the bottom, about five, six, seven, eight, ten lines maybe. And whenever we did have a significant transit, then we looked for it in our charts to try to find out what planetary aspect was going on that would impel or compel or stimulate this activity in our life. And uh, frankly, the moon moves approximately 12 degrees each 24-hour period, and the planets move all at different speeds. But if you listen to my planetary news every day, you can fill in on your little plastic-coated chart if you buy a plastic cover exactly what's going on. You know what some people do? They take their astroscope wheels to a PIP, and they run off a couple hundred copies of them, leaving a blank space You know where the abbreviations are. They put a piece of white paper, lined white paper there, so they can write in their comments. And that's how they keep a transit diary. They'll actually put in the moon every day and then put the planets in at least once or twice a week. And that way, you really zero in. You can really see your chart set off like an electric circuit board when you do that stuff. I, I did that once for about three, four months. I kept a diary and followed the planets every day on my chart until it became so automatic that now when I do the news or when I notice a certain planetary transit, I already know what it means in my chart. So nothing surprises me now, not the root canal, not the thrown rod, not the broken down Buick or or any of the bills that I'm having or any of the anxiety <laughs> problems or female problems or whatever you may be having. You know, it's it, none of that surprises you. And I find life is a lot more easier for me to manage and a lot more easier for me to handle with the bills and the midlife crisis and the Saturn return and all the changes when I know this stuff's in my chart. This is my karma. It's like, you know, welcome to the world. Welcome to your, this is your karma, Farley Malaris, right? And the astrology chart helps you follow the karmic cycles and the ups and downs and the roller coasters that you go through. This is the type of show you want to record and keep because this is the type of show as you get more advanced, as you play back and you listen to some of the things I'm saying, you really get into how to understand and feel the power of astrology as the planets move through the sky and set off your chart and how they affect your life. Then you may get to a point in where instead of calling me and asking me about your life, you'll be able to figure it out yourself. And what you'll call and ask me on the air instead will be a general question because you want to learn more knowledge instead of something that you could learn on your own. Because astrology is a science that has been developed, in my opinion, to help people understand among themselves, unto themselves, how the planets can impel and compel you to be in certain heavy situations or changes in your life. All right? All right. Yeah. Good topic. Transit Diaries right here. This is 93.5 FM, KFOX, 93.5. Like I said, I'm Farley Malaris. If you can spell the last name, you're good. And uh, we're here weekdays at 12. One time I thought to myself, if I met a woman that could actually spell my last name without ever seeing it in print, that would mean she had an IQ at 140 or something or more. Okay, let's. Uh, we're going to go to the phones here. Just remember, we are here weekdays for your, uh, actually, entertainment, for sure, for 12 noon to 1 o'clock and 12 noon to 2 o'clock. Anyway, Mary is the Virgo with Gemini Rising and a supporter. Hi, Mary. Hi. How are you? Well, I don't really know these days. 
I think I'm going through a lot of trances. I just got my uh, chart. And um, I'd like to know if you see any uh, career money surge coming up. Gosh, all the, you know what, I think the world must be going to hell because so many new age people are struggling in career and finances right now. I relate to that too. Mm-hmm. That it's fri- The more we hear these questions about career and money, it makes you wonder if we're headed into another depression or something here, I'll tell you. Right, economic with tobacco. Yeah. You are a very hardworking lady. You not only are Virgo, but you have Mars in that sign, which is dedicated when you do have something that's fun. But with Venus and Leo, you are a leader. You are an authority supervisor person and somebody that might want to manage their own business. One of your karmas with career could be difficulty in working or taking orders from other people. I do my best not to work. Yeah. But, you know, overall, I do think that because you're Gemini rising, you are a little bit more vulnerable to people in authority positions. And that could propel you from one career to another if you're not comfortable with it. Uh-huh. Do you see any money coming? Well, you know, one thing is you're starting your midlife crisis transit coming up here, and you were shown a heavy career karma. Uh, if, if a job was on or money was on the horizon, it would have happened already the last few weeks. Oh. Anything happen? Well, n- nothing exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you still show a little bit more potential and a little bit more increased potential later on this year. Right now, You should be careful and watch your expenses more than anything. Okay. Bye. Bye. Gosh, I wish maybe people can find something else to ask me. I know your careers and your relationships are important. So unless you're in a crisis with your career or you're in a crisis like a divorce or some kind of serious crisis with your relationships, maybe there is something else in your life that's more important because you may be boring half my listeners and I'll be losing them. And I know that career and relationships are important, but I'm looking for crises in those areas. Let's try to get a little bit more metaphysical or spiritual in our approach to life and look for ways to evolve and become more selfless and less egocentric and more humble in our surroundings. And, and you know, if you want careers and relationships, it's not just astrology that's going to help you. You have to manifest that stuff. You got to sit there and meditate on it and use your affirmations and say what you want. You have to create in your mind exactly what you want in a person, in a mate, and say what you want in your mind over and over again, exactly in a career. Nothing I tell you as an astrologer is going to manifest a career or money unless you manifest it yourself. You're God. You're a God terminal. You have the power of the mind. You have the power of God, and you can manifest anything you want by using that power. So, you know, it's it's almost a wasted question to call me up and say, Farley, how's my career? Because I just told you what to do with your career, no matter what situation your chart's in. I am powerful, I am successful, I am going to make money, I am going to be loving, I am going to have relationships. I give myself permission to work and to be successful. I give myself permission to have a fun, exciting, adventurous career filled with lots of variables and vibrations that are interesting. And I also give myself permission to have a loving, caring, tender, vibrational relationship with someone that I will get mutual respect from and also have a lot of fun with. You know, try those affirmations over and over, and you can make it happen. Now watch. The very next call will be career relationships, right? I'm just kidding. Let's go to, is it Hartini on line three? Hi, how you doing? Um, I called up to kind of um, reaffirm. I I just started listening to your show by accident, but not really by accident, because I know there aren't any accidents, and have been really enjoying it. And to affirm, um, I had never heard of it this way. You were talking about the Saturn thing that when you're like 30 years old. Yeah. Where it, it comes and it's a major crisis. Right. And that, um, when I went through it, I'm Piscean, so I've always been slightly into all this stuff and kind of psychic myself and sensitive. And I was hit with um, 
major, major, major problems at that time in all areas. And it was interesting to hear it again because I felt, you know, what happens is once it passes, you're totally reborn and it's yeah. wonderful. You yeah, know, it's like, it's like, it's, you know, oh, how wonderful. It's like in deliverance when they finally get through the rapids and all the death and everything, you know, they finally get out of the hospital and they're headed home. It's like, thank God, it's, I know. it's it was, over. It's, it was neat to hear it in that way because I didn't know it was cyclical. I just thought it had to do, you know, with me specifically of things that I need to learn in my life and stuff. But I have a question. I feel, I guess I have a Gemini ascendant. Yeah. And on one hand, I feel like I'm schizo. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's it. You got it. Gemini ascendants, all, uh, many of them feel the same way. <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's like I just feel, um, you know, with the Pisces. Too. Um, <laughs> Double Pisces. Yeah, I, I mean, it works to my benefit in some areas, and then in other areas, it doesn't seem to because it's kind of like you talk too much when you should be alone, and then you're, you know, you're alone when you should be socializing and all that kind of crap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I have a basic question about my chart. Um, yeah. I, I just got a chart, and you know, um, around the outside circle, you have Pisces and Aquarius, all the houses. Mm-hmm. On my chart, it has 26. Pisces 26, and it goes all the way around that, that it's all 26, Aquarius 26. I mean, could that happen? What happens is we start with your rising sign, mm-hmm. and we calculate that from using your time of birth and your city of birth. Right. And then, you know, we get 26, 26, Gemini rising. Now, I'm an equal house astrologer. Equal house astrology is like psychic astrology. Okay. Because you know when you're 26 of a rising that you're going to be 26 on all your houses, too, which means, like, I can rush over to your eighth house by just counting down from Gemini to eight. Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sag, Capricorn, so I know that your eighth house cusp will be Capricorn 26, Hmm. see? So, you know, that's why the success of the Astrology Hour has a lot to do with the psychic equal house astrology system, because with the help of my guide, when someone tells me their rising sign by degree, I can see the whole chart with all the house cusps in my mind's eye. Okay, I see. Now, yeah. see, there's other house systems, like a lot of astrologers like myself also practice Coke houses and Placidus houses, which might start 26 Gemini and go to 2 Cancer, second house. 2 Cancer to like 5 Aries, third house. You completely lose Taurus altogether. Okay. You know, see, and that's called unequal houses. I could no way intuitively look at a chart in my mind's eye with unequal houses because I have proven on this air through thousands of readings that equal house astrology is good enough to work well enough and accurate enough to give people lots of insight and wisdom into their lives. Well, you sure do it quick, so that would make sense as to you know how you could figure it out so quick. That's why I use it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay, thank you. Right, bye-bye. Back to the phones. Deanna is a Pisces, Gemini, rising. How are you, dear? Hi, how are you, Farley? Fine, sailing along. You like that music? Yeah, it's like a little rap song. <laughs> All right, what can we do for you today? You know, it's sort of funny. I feel like the <laughs> the psychic or schizophrenic... Uh, to the other caller you just had, because I'm Pisces also and I'm Gemini's rising. I think all the Gemini rising should form a club and call it schizoid. <laughs> well, I don't know. I tell you, sometimes I do feel a little confused because I've always thought of myself as a Pisces, too. I feel sensitive and sometimes vulnerable. But the thing that's funny is that everybody keeps telling me, you can't be a Pisces. You're too strong. You, know, you have a very strong personality. And I was just wondering how Gemini plays in that, because even though I'm a Pisces, it just seems like I'm trying to find out how my... A sentence sign sort of influences me because I always feel like... We see, you see, Pisces is a water sign. It's spiritual. It's intuitive. It's usually, sometimes it's quiet, shy, and reserved. And Gemini is like a mind battery. It's, it's a brain serger. 
like Jim Dulcey, our program director, you notice his voice, you know, you're tuned to your talk alternate. And that's the Gemini rising. It like, it like propels your nervous system and your brain and, and your mind and it, and it makes you open your mouth and breathe deeper with your lungs and speak out louder. So Gemini rising people are like brain batteries, you know, that's why they come, they can come on strong because they're so excited. They're like little kids. They have a lot to talk about and a lot of questions and they want answers and they don't want to be scared. They want to be safe, you know. Well, that's sort of true in a way. But the other thing I wanted to ask you about, I know you were talking about the moon wobble before, and I always feel so affected by the moon. Like, I know this last full moon, and there's supposed to be another one this month. It just seems like I always have, like, either very exciting things happen or very, I don't know, just like difficult, mysterious, sort of like crisis-type situations always seem to happen to me on a full moon. Mm-hmm. Well, I think pretty much that affects just almost everybody. <laughs> it's like, for some reason, the moon has its chakras. And the sun, of course, has its chakras and the solar reflection of the energy, like the light bouncing off the moon in full bore to the earth. It really does open all of our chakras up and makes things happen, you know. So whereas a lot of people keep their heads down during most of the month when that full moon hits, everybody takes off. It's like the whole world is blossoming at once. And that's why a lot of things go on during that full moon period. Oh, okay. One last thing I wanted to say was it was a really great basketball game last night, I thought. Oh, God. My friend Bruce has such a powerful mind. The guy is unbelievable. Talk about God, right? <laughs> He's sitting there with seven seconds on the clock. He's sitting there going, you got to steal it. I'm sitting there going, I'm sitting there going, brick house, brick house. He's going, you got to steal it. The guy throws the ball in. <laughs> There's James Worthy. It's like my friend Bruce, the hand of God, moved James over right in front of the ball. I said, I said Bruce, you are a pretty powerful guy, man. You won that game for the Lakers, you yeah? know? Incredible. Thank you, hon. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. The power of the mind in Los Angeles may win the NBA championship. Amanda is a Taurus with Capricorn Rising. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Farley. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm having fun. Well, good, good. I'm laughing along with my bills. You know, I feel sort of horrible because I have a basic question. Oh! It's my birthday, so I'm treating myself. It's your birthday. Yes. And um, I just wanted to see if you see anything um, in my chart, and I'm sort of curious about the degrees of the ascendant. Well, which one would you like to know? I'm running out of time, and I will take one. You want your degrees of ascendant? Um, no, I have my degree. Okay, do you want me to tell you what it means? Yeah, 13 degrees Capricorn. There's one I haven't had. God, I can't believe how people, every time somebody calls one up, it's always uh, interesting. Now, this is one of the more interesting degrees in the whole zodiac. Oh, yeah? This is the Scorpio degree of Capricorn. Uh-huh. So if you ever feel like a Scorpio, that's why. <laughs> the will to overcome death's pattern. Uh-huh. A longing for understanding of death's process, huh. a desire to experience overview of death and rebirth. Hmm. Is that something you've thought about? It's definitely. <laughs> okay. Happy birthday. And you are shown an outstanding year, except you will be very sensitive and watch your temper. Okay, and well, wa- I've got a very full year coming, you know. It's, yeah, so it's just... Really, it's powerful. Damn the torpedoes, right? Well, yeah, definitely. Go for it. Happy birthday. Thanks. Oh, great. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go to line number six. Kate, a longtime supporter, straight from the Directors Guild, Pisces, Taurus Rising. Hi. Hi, Farley. I enjoyed your show. It was wonderful. Thank you. I have a quick question for you. What happens if you've uh, lived through your midlife crisis, and what is the focus between one midlife crisis to the next? Which is like, <laughs> <laughs> what should be the direction of a person's life? I imagine you should put a deposit down on a grave or a cremation <laughs> at that point, right? No, I think after the midlife crisis. The midlife crisis is definitely a long birthing process. Mm-hmm. And when you finally get out of it, I would say it's a celebration time, in my opinion, mm-hmm. which means that a lot of the 
details and the trials and tribulations karmically that you've been thrown into, when that transit's finally over, in many ways it may seem like a big weight's been lifted off you. So finally you may have the mobility and the freedom, especially of choice, to do things that are a lot more easier now. That's why a lot of the older folks, it's funny that when you get older in life, you don't have the strength to do things. That's when everything starts to be working better as far as things you really have craved for and dreamed for and such. I see. Okay? Thank you, Farley. Bye, love. Bye-bye. Let's go to Larry on line 7, the Capricorn Libra rising. Yo, Larry. Hey, Farley. How are you doing today? Real good. Good. Nice to hear that Reagan believes astrology is not out of the question, isn't it? Yeah, isn't that funny? I mean, there's hope for anybody, Larry. Absolutely. That's great. I got uh, my chart and stuff from me. I was curious, uh, from these astroscope deals, I was, my moon comes out to one degree Gemini. And when I've had my chart done previously over the years, it's always Taurus. Is it just because of the real extensive computer knowledge that it carries it that much further that always come, that it gets into the Gemini degree or? Hmm. No. Is, is your date, time, and city of birth accurate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So. Hmm. Do you feel more like a Gemini moon? Are you a talker and a thinker? A talker, but I really feel like a Taurus. I mean, I'm like, Capricorn. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. All that Earth stuff. Most Taurus moons are emotionally stable, Larry. Whereas a Gemini moon would be very flighty and nervous. Which one do you? Only a Gemini moon. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) See, Taurus moon is the rock of Gibraltar in astrology, and everybody leans on them. Gemini moons are always seeking help, therapy sessions. Let's talk it out. Let's work it out. A lot of them smoke. A lot of them need to keep their hands busy, their arms busy, and and that's why picking phones and pencils up in papers and magazines are what Gemini moons do a lot. Right. Does that make sense now? A little bit. Maybe I'm right. And... I've just got a lot of both of it, maybe. Uh-huh. Well, maybe you do. Right. Okay, Larry, thanks for calling. Thanks, huh? Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Belinda on line 8, the Sag, double Sag. Hi. Hi, Farley. Yo. I have a question, and I don't want to be a downer today. I know you said you didn't want to hear anything like that, but I think I got a double whammy last week, or triple whammy. A friend of mine dropped her kids on my doorstep, and <laughs> why am I laughing, right? I don't know. It, it, I'm trying to laugh about it now. Um, I had a car accident and I lost my job. All of this around the 11th of May, and I want to know what's going on here. Well, you have Mars in Aquarius, and it's probably not the first time that the whammy has been dropped on you, yeah. because uh, before Venus went into uh, Gemini, it was square Mars in Taurus, and like this last month has probably been filled with lots of strange, bizarre changes for you. It's not quite over yet, unfortunately. So you have Mars opposed Pluto in your chart. So you're having a Mars return. Mars is in Aquarius now, and it is opposed Pluto. So things dealing with insurance, rent, property, family, children, friends, cars, all that stuff, a lot of stuff is being tested for you right now. So it's a time to fasten your seatbelt, stay alert, move with caution, and don't let anybody pull the wool over on you, okay? Great. How long will it last? A couple weeks, unfortunately, but this is the transit diary. You know, this is where you watch things happen in your life, and now you know why. Okay, thank you, Father. And if you're having problems with men, you, that's also part of it. Okay. Are you? Well, no, my husband's okay. That's him on the phone right now. He's trying to get in. <laughs> okay, bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I ran out of time, folks. Anybody else out there interested in supporting this show? Today's show is called Transit Diaries. I'm going to take some deep breaths because as long as you keep breathing, you're still alive. <laughs> and when you stop, you're, you got a problem because you're dead. Okay. <laughs> I want you all to have a wonderful day. Remember, we return weekdays at 12 noon on KFOX. We'll see you real soon weekdays at 12 noon. 
Have a nice day. This is 93.5 FM KFOX, your talk alternative in Redondo Beach.